All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Morning, Smitty. Let's start with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in town. He's got several events scheduled in Vancouver today, including an event this afternoon with Premier John Horgan. We're told that it will focus on the 2025 Invictus Games in the city, which has been awarded to Vancouver. What are you hearing on this? Well, that's the public event, and that's the public announcement, uh, not unexpected. Uh, we're also waiting to see what FIFA is going to do in, in uh, a month or so in terms of awarding uh, games to uh, Vancouver. So Vancouver is about to, um, BC is about to, again, enjoy the spotlight when it comes to the international sport events. The Invictus Games is one. FIFA is the other. The other thing that's happening today, though, behind the scenes, I can tell you, there will be a private meeting between Premier John Horgan and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and the main topic of, uh, of conversation there will be the Canada Health Transfer, uh, which is wow. the amount of money the feds give provinces for for health care. Uh, when, when the health care system was first created, it was a 50-50 split between the feds and the provinces. Now it's about an 80-20 or 75-25 split, with the provinces paying the, the bulk of uh, health care costs. So the premiers, and John Horgan's the chair of the Council of Federation, which is the all the premiers in, in Canada, have been pressing Ottawa to increase their share of the health care funding pie. And that's going to be uh, topic number one today in a private meeting between John Horgan and Justin and Trudeau, uh, that's becoming a more critical issue as we yeah. go forward. As we come out of this pandemic and people are accessing the healthcare system more, the pressure on the system is increasing and the provinces want Ottawa to step up to the plate. Oh, yeah, and there's pressure on Horgan, too, to expand services and improve yeah. the system. We talked earlier on the show today about the shortage of family doctors. We saw a large mm-hmm. rally on the front lawn of the legislature on this the other day. Yeah. And we're talking big money there if they want to start expanding the number of family doctors in B.C. So do you think Horgan will be asking him for money today. Oh, yeah. I think uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to expect him to sign a check today or anything like that. But the pressure is mounting on Trudeau. This is a full-on court press by the premiers. This is their number one issue. The feds have to put more money into the pot, whether it's to recruit more family doctors or any other number of issues in healthcare. It's, it's family doctors is one part of it, but there's also other funding pressures that are coming there. And uh, this is the number one source of contention between Ottawa and the provinces. And Horgan is the chair of the premiers. You can be sure this is, uh, again, item number one in the private meeting between him and the prime minister today. Okay, I see Trudeau also talking housing in Vancouver this afternoon. Uh, he's feeling pressure on that file too, especially with you got a guy like Pierre Polyev who seems to be getting closer to the Conservative Party leadership, uh, talking a lot about housing affordability in Vancouver. Well, Polyev had that very effective video um, yeah. uh, last month. Remember, he stood in front of that ramshackle house. And th- yeah. This is what what was it? Three million? What three million dollars gets you in Vancouver these days? Yeah. So, so, Paul, you know, it's an interesting proposal to tie uh, municipal infrastructure funding from Ottawa to uh, housing starts in the municipality. Yeah. I'm not sure how that would actually work, but it's a provocative idea. And I think uh, Trudeau is, I think, feeling the heat on the housing issue as well. Okay, I suspect uh, Trudeau may be asked about that today. Let's talk about the $1 billion museum announced by the B.C. government. Big day tomorrow. We expect the release of a business plan uh, for this project. Government doesn't seem to be backing away from it, despite the controversy. Is that what you, what do you expect tomorrow on this business plan? 
I'm not expecting any miracles here. I don't think there's going to be a lot there that we don't already know. Uh, the background documents attached to the news release when this was first announced did provide a timeline of two years of consultation, four years before construction begins. Uh, there'll be there'll be a, a case made, I think, for replacing the museum. But I think the government's problem is a classic communications um, screw up, where they've allowed the issue to be defined before all the facts are put in front of pe- people. So the horse is left at the barn. I'm not sure you can get it back in with a business plan when this has already been defined in the public. Uh, marketplace as a very controversial idea. They've allowed the Liberals to take ownership of this issue, and I'm not sure a business plan, as credible as it may be, is allowing the, will allow the government to take it back. Yeah, the government has said this new museum will showcase Indigenous history, culture, the Indigenous experience and history in British Columbia, take it out of the shadows, put it on display in a beautiful new museum. Have a listen to this. I spoke on the show yesterday to Chris Sankey, who is a former band counselor with the Lax Qualam First Nation and Prince Rupert. He's an indigenous business leader. And I asked him what he thinks about this museum. And he says he supports the museum idea in principle, but he just thinks this is the wrong time right now to spend this amount of money on this project. He thinks the money could be better spent. Here's what he said to me. This money should have been focused on somewhere a, a different priority like housing like healthcare, like fresh water uh, for our communities there's just so much more that needs to go in we, we talk about wanting to have cleaner feel like there's just so many more applications and files that this money should have been geared towards and not not a museum your thoughts keith well yeah i mean he's whether you want to frame it against indigenous needs or against other needs as well which the liberals have been doing saying there's more than 200 schools with, with kids in there that need earthquake-proofing uh, yeah. buildings. Um, that's suddenly taken a back seat to this museum. Adam Olson, the Green Party MLA for Saanich North the Islands, who's a member of First Nations, the Sartlet First Nations, is, says he's offended by this whole notion and that in regards museums really can't be the place for indigenous uh, history, that it's uh, by their very nature, they are colonialist institutions, and he objects to this as well. So you've, now it's interesting to see Chris Sankey, Adam Olson, other uh, First Nations objecting to this uh, this particular project. And I just, again, I just don't see how the the province puts the genie back in the bottle here. Uh, it's already been defined as a very negative thing, and I'm not sure a business plan released on Wednesday is going to undo all that. Okay, we we touched briefly earlier on, on Pierre Polyev, and I'll be speaking more about the Conservative MP, his bid for the Conservative leadership later on the show, and his comments in his campaign this week that if he becomes Prime Minister, he would ban his cabinet ministers from attending the World Economic Forum, which is underway right now in Davos, Switzerland. So he has been very critical of the World Economic Forum you know, we start trafficking in some conspiracy theory stuff here. I'll get your thoughts on it, but let's have a listen here. Pierre Polyev on the World Economic Forum. Have a listen to this. And that is why I've made it clear that my ministers in my government will be banned from participating in the World Economic Forum when I'm in government. Yeah. Yeah. 
Work for Canada. Work for Canada. If you want to go to Davos to the cons that con that uh, conference, make it a one-way ticket. But uh, you can't be part of our government and working for a policy agenda that is against the interests of our people. Okay, Pierre Polyev on the campaign trail for the Conservative Party leadership. Keith, this is dividing the Conservatives to a degree. Oh, dividing big time. Stephen Harper championed the World Economic Forum. He instructed uh. his ministers to attend this thing. Now, I'm not saying the World Economic Forum is, is necessarily a great idea. I've always been skeptical of these get-togethers on an international level where there seems to be a lot of receptions and partying going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how much policy work gets done at these things. But nevertheless, uh, Poliev is painting this as some sort of dark conspiracy to uh, undo uh, the interest of Canada. And that's not what the, these things are about. But this is all part of Poliev's narrative to be anti-establishment, and uh, anti-status quo, to paint the establishment as some sort of in dark hues as being against the interests of the common person. And that will serve him well, I think, in getting the leadership of the Conservative Party. I'm not sure once he gets that, he can extend it to getting the, the, the support of the Canadian populace in terms of the electorate. But he's playing, he's got a short-term game, but he's got to think about a long-term game as well. I'm not sure a long-term game would necessarily involve boycotting the World Economic Forum. Okay, well, kicking the World Economic Forum seems to be popular among his supporters, judging by the applause yep. he received there oh, yeah. in, in what the clip we just played. Here's but, what we'll do. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but to your point, this is dividing yeah. the Conservative Party. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, I've got a piece out this week that shows uh, talks about political parties are really in a sort of a curious position right now. You've got the federal conservatives in the leadership race that seems to be dividing the party. The United Conservatives in Alberta are yeah. completely divided, taking down Jason Kenney with 51% of support. They're about to go through a divisive race. The Republican Party in the states, the Democrat Party in the states, is are divided and are on very shaky ground. You've got European parties facing the same situation. So what's happening in Canada is not unique. All right, welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls. Jesse in Vancouver. Hi, Jesse. Go ahead. Hey. Uh, hi. Um, thanks. Yeah, my, my, my comment was just that, you know, a billion dollars is a lot spent on a museum that very few British Columbians can even afford to go and see. I do think that we need to chronicleize correctly our history, but put it in the lower mainland where more kids can go see their museum, where more adults can, can go to it. Victoria's the wrong place for it to start with. Okay, well, that's an interesting oh, point, that's Keith. Interesting, yeah, interesting take. Um, I've not heard that one before. Uh, but again, the, the museum's home is in Victoria. It is the capital. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you take that argument and just extend it, everything would be in Metro Vancouver. Nothing would be anywhere else um, because that's where the most people live. And again, there's a, one, of the, one of the issues driving the, uh, the thing here is real estate. There's, only, there's not yeah. really a lot of real estate out there that you can locate something like this to. Uh, that downtown core is going to have a gaping hole, uh, as the Liberals say, a big hole with a chain-link fence around it for a number of years. But there's really no other place to relocate that museum in the capital region, and I would think probably not a lot of land available on a, on a, on a affordable basis in Metro Vancouver. And that billion-dollar project could become a lot more expensive if you start taking into account Metro Vancouver real estate prices. And don't forget Premier John Horgan represents a Victoria-area riding, and the Liberals have characterized this as a vanity, vanity. project that's yep. being built in his backyard. <laughs> 
So I'm not sure he would want it moved out of Vict- uh, Victoria. Steve in Surrey. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. I think the uh, uh, museum should be where it is and be renovated with First Nations focus. The very most important thing to do first is change the name of it from Royal uh, BC Royal Museum yeah. and change it to uh, uh, First Nations Reflections. I don't know. Something that what they should do, too, to help pay for the renovation is sell uh, through auction everything that is to do with the Crown. Oh, that's, a, uh, again, very interesting idea. I, I agree with the caller that uh, I very much doubt Royal will be part of the name uh, yeah. in, in the next uh, uh, version of this museum. Yeah. Uh, in terms of selling everything that the Crown owns, I'm not sure you'd get a lot of necessarily a lot of money for some of that stuff in the museum, having gone there many, many times over the years because it was basically Victoria's biggest daycare for a number of years when you could get an annual pass <laughs> and, and drop your kids off there. Uh, there's a lot of historical stuff there, but um, I'm not sure it would necessarily fetch a, a okay. big price at, at the auction block. Daryl and Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. The uh, Conservatives, with three different leaders, have now lost three times to the centre-left. If they yeah. are not careful in picking their next leader, uh, and they lose again, they may no longer exist as a Conservative Party of Canada as we know them. Kim Campbell was asked on an interview, is this a fight for the soul of the Conservative Party? And her answer is, uh, considering if they do have a soul. I'll wait for your response. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so the party right now... Um, bears little resemblance to the party that Kim Campbell was in, uh, or Brian Mulroney, or even Stephen Harper. I mean, this is this party has shifted significantly right rightward, uh, and it, it begs the question: Can it survive? Uh, can it survive? Period. Uh, post leadership race, and does it or does it split like we saw with the old Conservative Party, which split with the re- the old Reform Party, which became the right wing rump of that party? And that's what happened uh, to the Conservatives before, and I think there's a really good chance it's going to happen again, where the party will split post leadership because I just cannot see John Charest and Patrick Brown's people in the same room as Pierre Polyev. They seem no. to be in completely different worlds. James and White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, Keith. I got a curiosity question for you. Do you know how much more money we spent in international aid, including the pandemic aid for the vaccines, and for the amount of money that we send in military uh, aid to Ukraine from 2019 until 2022? And the reason why I'm asking this is because any conversation that we have now when it comes to money, we got to take affordable out of the equation because affordable doesn't exist anymore. Not, not for anybody except for, for politicians who make uh, lifetime pensions for four years of service in, in the government. It doesn't exist for normal people anymore. So okay. the, reason why, the reason why I'm asking is because when you look at it, like at the baby formula thing as an example, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30, that's key. 30, sec- we have 30 seconds left. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it makes a good point. We have increased international aid. Uh, we've increased our share of funding of vaccines. We are increasing uh, aid to Ukraine. But the point, the caller makes a very good point. The affordability question, I think more and more people are realizing governments don't, nobody has the, the easy answer to fix affordability. It seems to be beyond the grasp of many people and beyond the grasp of political parties in solving that question. Okay. That, that, that question. We'll, we'll again talk about this tomorrow.